Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts. This is Reset. I'm Jen White. Some Illinois colleges and universities are rethinking the admissions process. Several schools in the state no longer require SAT and ACT test scores, and one is disregarding test scores altogether. Last month, Northern Illinois University announced its admissions process will be completely test-blind starting in the fall of 2021. In other words, test scores will not be reviewed by the university, even if students include them in their application. Quentin Clay is the Director of Admissions at Northern Illinois University, and Eric Hoover is a senior writer at the Chronicle of Higher Education. Welcome to you both. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, Quentin, let's start with you. What was the thinking behind NIU going test blind? So I think it was interesting. Uh, when I arrived in the building and I looked in the lobby, there was a wonderful Ida B. Wells quote that really resonated with me and I think this topic. And the quote says, the way to right wrongs is to turn the light of truth upon them. So for us as an institution, as we've been evaluating our enrollment practices, uh, everything from student recruitment, the admission process, uh, retention practices, ways that we help students persist through the college years, graduate and move beyond, uh, we did a deep dive in data and comparing that with national and NIU data, we just found that the high school performance was the most predictive thing for student success, students at academic standing, students graduating in a timely fashion. And we wanted to make sure we aligned our admission policy at the front door uh, to do the right thing with that information and make sure we weren't creating barriers for students. How big of a shift is this for your school? It's an incredible shift for us. We are raising, number one, the bar uh, for undergraduate admission. The automatic admission criteria as it relates to at least the GPA is a 3.0. We will not review standardized test scores, and that's a bit higher than it's been in the past for NIU, but we know this is a very, very solid uh, measurement and, and I think really a significant decision for us. For students who fall below a 3.0, the other significant change to our process, now we've included a holistic admission review that takes into account different different information to grab a full picture of the student. What kind of information is included? So we're looking at things uh, as relates to the academic record uh, in a bit more depth. We're looking at grade trends, course selections. We're very, very careful to acknowledge the courses that were available at the student's high school and then looking at what the students selected and how they perform within that context. We can include a personal statement. We can include an interview. Anything that we feel is going to be helpful to get a full picture of the student, we will include in that review to make a final decision. Does this more comprehensive look at the admissions process require a build out of your staff because it sounds like it, it's it's more in depth it'll just practically take more time absolutely and it's, it requires a shift in resources it's one of the most important things I feel we can do as the office of admission to be extremely careful and then on the other end it informs the rest of the campus of things we should take in mind and take account and speak to directly so we can support students uh, appropriately Eric how many schools do we know of around the country um, that are taking this test blind approach to admissions well, test blind uh, technically would be uh, a very specific kind of form of uh, test optional, right? Test optional college says you can send us your ACT and SAT score if you want. And if you do, we'll look at them. And if you don't want to send them, um, that's fine, too. Um, Northern Illinois uh, joins, uh, to my eye, a company of one other college that is, has said, hey, we are, uh, we are not just test optional. We're going a step 
or maybe a few steps further and saying we are test blind. Uh, we are just not going to factor in tests um, scores for any applicants at all. And the, and the only other uh, institution that, that um, promotes that as its policy is a small liberal arts college in Massachusetts called Hampshire College. So Northern Illinois' test-blind policy uh, really stands out among um, over a 1,000 four-year colleges that are test-optional. Well, you mentioned test-optional, and how many schools are we talking about th- there? Uh, again, test optional will be well over a thousand uh, four-year institutions. Now, one caution there: some of those institutions are uh, not the kind of places you might expect to find a ACT or SAT score requirement um, in the first place. But to give you an idea, just in about the last twelve months or so, about fifty, or maybe uh, depending on when you start counting, a little over fifty uh, selective or highly selective uh, private and public institutions have gone test optional, that has dropped their testing requirements in about, in about the last 12 months. From your reporting, what's driving this this move towards reconsidering how we're using ACT and SAT test scores? I would, see, I would say you could um, point to three main drivers. The first is data. Um, colleges uh, are doing the uh, very same kind of exercise that Quentin just described, looking under their own hood for data about their students, their historical data that is most relevant to their campus. Not every student body is the same. Uh, Generally speaking, uh, admissions offices, institutional research offices uh, can take a much deeper and more sophisticated dive into their own uh, data on student outcomes than they could in the past. Um, The second reason I think uh, that, that help, might help explain why there's uh, more of uh, an appetite for, for doing that um, data crunching. And that is, I think, a, a concern about equity um, and also social inequality uh, uh, in higher ed. Um, more and more admissions officers, college presidents are asking, uh, hey, why uh, does our campus not uh, look more like um, – the country? Why doesn't our campus reflect the socioeconomic, racial, and ethnic diversity uh, of the country? What are some barriers in our process um, that that might help explain or explain in part um, why we see such um, uh, inequities uh, on college campuses, particularly at the most selective institutions? So I think, as Quentin mentioned, uh, many admissions folks are saying, hey, let's let's reassess our process. Are there things built into it uh, that are inequitable. Um, and, and the third reason, of course, is there is also, uh, just as there's a, a selfless impulse, I think, for many colleges to do that, there's also self-interest. Um, colleges want to have as many applicants, as many qualified applicants as possible, and test optional is, in part, a way to um, continue uh, doing that, to put yourself in the best possible position to compete with other colleges and universities. Quentin, tell us a little bit about the demographics of Northern Illinois University student body. So ours is an extremely diverse campus where we're seeing over 40% of our undergrads coming from traditionally underrepresented ethnic and minority groups. Uh, we're seeing a huge population of first-generation students on our campus. Uh, and again, uh, we're seeing a huge population of students uh, who would fall into the Pell-eligible or lower-income uh, sort of uh, bracket. Um, with that being said, uh, it's kind of an interesting arrival for us to go uh, test blind. Another distinction is we've also uh, removed 
remove standardized test scores from uh, the consideration for merit scholarship and then also the honors program. So we followed this all the way through and in line with your question because we're thinking about those students. You know, when you have more than 40 percent of your students who are first generation and just about that same percentage uh, who are Pell eligible, those students need resources. And I think for a great academic student, for example, a student with a 4.0, it's not just an admission policy that's automatic if you're above a 3.0. That student now for the first time in history at NIU is eligible for our full suite of merit scholarships. And those students can go to the honors program, which they rightfully should have that access. So we've carried this policy all the way through uh, the student experience. Eric, we, we spoke with author Paul Toth uh, some time ago with, about his new book focused on higher education. And one of the things he writes about is the the testing industry and how much money goes into that industry and how young people who have access to certain resources can afford to take the test over and over again, get special coaching for those tests to improve their performance. Is that part of what you're hearing across the higher education spectrum, that, that there's a concern about young people just not having access to the, pro- to the resources they need to perform well on these tests because they may only have one shot at it? That is absolutely a concern that I hear often, and I would say more and more frequently. Um, uh, back at, Once upon a time, uh, testing companies that uh, make the ACT exam and the SAT test um, – uh, would say that you you can't really prep for these exams, right? They're measuring something that um, you can't really um, practice for. Uh, they reflect your your learning and your academic skills. Um, and now those um, both of those companies, those giant companies that run these exams, in fact, uh, have some sort of test prep or test practice, as it might be called, um, that they market um, and produce themselves, right? So that's um, in in many ways an admission that you can prepare for them. Um, Look, taking the SAT or the ACT, um, it's a it's a skill. It's a skill you can develop. That doesn't mean that every student can, with enough practice, get a perfect score. Um, that is not the case. Uh, but there is a skill and a mindset and a familiarity that generally is going to help any test taker who has all those things, right? And some, just like anything else, some students have a lot of that and some students have none at all. And that's a disparity that concerns admissions officers. I want to bring another voice in for a moment. Doug Freed is director of admissions at Western Illinois University. The school recently decided to go test optional. Hi, Doug. Hi, good morning. How are you doing? Doing well. So explain why Western Illinois has decided to to move into this test optional admissions direction. Sure. Taking along with what Eric said, we looked at data. That was our first thing that we were looking at and uh, determining our students um, and then also about his reflection of uh, the country. So we were looking at those two factors. Um, He's got it nailed on on the head as to why we did this. Um, We looked at our data and determined from a retention standpoint and uh, historical patterns that we, that the GPA was a very good predictor and the best predictor of student success. So we have um, gone to the test optional uh, policy to enable students with, to be admitted strictly on the basis of a GPA if they are above a 3.3 uh, grade point average. When does this take effect for your school? This is in effect immediately. So this is in effect for students applying now for the fall of 2020. How do you hope this move impacts your enrollment numbers? 
Well, certainly, you know, as also as Eric mentioned about self-interest, we um, believe that it will allow us to admit some uh, students that we have not admitted in the past. Um, again, though, we have a prediction of success for those students. We're not just trying to increase our enrollment. We are trying to increase the success of students. Um, so we do expect to get more students, but we also expect to have more uh, successful students. Can you tell us a little bit about the demographics of your student body? Sure. About... Um, 35 to 40 percent of our students are first generation. Uh, approximately half are students of color or minority students. Um, so we serve a, a largely underserved population in the past. Um, again, as Eric noted, historical trends. Um, we also, you know, we feel a duty as, as part of our mission and our vision to serve students um, and provide opportunity for those students, particularly in Illinois, um, to have the opportunity to come to Fort University and um, be successful. So your institution has moved to test optional, but is there any consideration about going test blind? We will continue to review the data over the next period of time, and that certainly could be an option in the future um, to look at that. We, we do want to make sure that uh, we're admitting students who have the opportunity to be successful. We don't want to just admit more students and uh, not have them be successful. So we will continue to look at the data, and that would certainly be uh, a possible consideration in the future. That's Doug Free, Director of Admissions at Western Illinois University. Doug, thanks. Thank you. Have a great day. Quentin, I want to turn back to you. What kind of response have you gotten from students, from parents, uh, people who are planning to apply to your school? It's been an overwhelming and positive response. I think people understand that we are making decisions for the right reasons. We're trying to make sure that we build uh, a student experience that puts them in positions of success. And even as we've raised our standard with that minimum 3.0 for automatic admission, I think people understand the care that we're putting into reviewing students who fall below that uh, threshold and trying to learn from that and get acquainted with their uh, circumstances and their stories. And the rest of the campus community appreciates that we're taking time to do that as well because now we better inform the support that we're providing to those students individually. And, and just talk a little bit more about some of the specific supports you have built in, spe uh, specifically around first-generation college students. Absolutely. Uh, so from the moment that students come into the institution, some students are identified and put with support programs in resources that uh, almost coach them uh, through the college experience. Uh, the college experience is extremely complex and, and sometimes navigating can be a bit more intimidating. So making sure that students understand the nuance of what's offered on campus, the value to them as they're trying to get closer to the goals, inviting those students to be a part of research, uh, putting uh, upper class students uh, who have gone through the experience and maybe also identify as underrepresented or uh, first generation and modeling essentially the success and, and the decisions and the steps that students need to take. All of those pieces are part of it. We have a wonderful chance program on campus, which is historic and does an amazing job, uh, again, leading students and navigating that process. And again, I point back to that honors program because there are students who come on campus who are fantastic and they're honors caliber. They may not have been honors level uh, on one Saturday morning taking ACT or SAT, but the body of their work shows that they're an honors student throughout their high school career. Eric, I'm wondering how much we're seeing, you know, what we're hearing from from Quentin there, this more holistic approach to higher education, where it's not just about getting young people in the door. It's about what it takes to get them all the way through their college career, especially for, for first-generation students. Uh, Quentin is exactly right. Um, um, an admissions dean told me recently that, um, that we, can, we can have this uh, test-optional policy and pat ourselves on the back, but it is 100% meaningless. 
uh, unless we are uh, finding ways to support um, all students we bring in, but particularly those who may have um, who may have some extra challenges. And so I think, yes, the nation part of the nation is is obsessed and focused on the point of entry, uh, which is of course important. Uh, who gets in? Um, but what happens after that? And uh, some colleges with test optional policies, I think, it would be fair to say generally, um, are much more supportive of students uh, once they enroll than other colleges with test optional policies. And so that policy only really, I think, has a long-term meaning and value to an institution and to society if it's backed up by uh, help, support, encouragement, guidance once students get to campus. Well, it's my understanding that the UC system in California is considering updating their test score admission policy uh, to go in this direction of either test optional or test blind. Do we know where they are with that decision? Yes. Um, uh, at least at the moment, uh, this this uh, this decision is on hold. I think many people are looking to California, hoping to see, uh, you know, maybe some kind of test optional revolution that would arise if and when uh, the UC system were to ever drop um, ACT and SAT requirements. At the moment, that decision is on hold. A faculty committee that was has been studying this issue for the last year or so uh, recommended that for now, UC keep its ACT and SAT requirement. However, a final decision uh, will rest with the University uh, Board of Regents, and they are expected to uh, make a decision based in part perhaps on that faculty report and recommendation uh, later this spring or summer. Well, considering the fact that testing is big money, how big of a deal would it be if UC moved in this direction? Uh, I think I think it would be a big deal, as you say. Uh, you know, they are a the biggest uh, customer for the uh, SAT exam, and so um, I think there would be a literal hit on the industry um, to um, to lose UC as a, a customer, at least in the sense of them requiring every applicant to submit an ACT or SAT score. But I think um, symbolically, it would be an even bigger uh, blow. Um, uh, because it's often been said that as California goes, uh, the rest of higher education in America goes, and sometimes that seems really to be true. I think symbolic, uh, symbolically that would be a major milestone in the history of, of testing. Quentin, really quickly as we wrap here, this is all happening under your leadership at Northern Illinois University. What would you say to other colleges and universities in the state about why this move is important. Yeah, so firstly, you know, I want to point to my president, our provost, our vice president of enrollment management, and many others, uh, our bold faculty uh, who have been a part of this decision. And I'm glad that I was at the table to provide what I can. Um, I think it's really important that we uh, become bold and courageous and put those students for first. At NIU, we've pulled the chair from underneath the narrative of utilizing the test score. I think some institutions are struggling to find another way and another avenue because the narrative has been that the standard test score means a lot and parents have invested money in sending their kids to certain schools and investing in tutors and there's resource centers out there and it's hard to back away from that but once we know that a tool isn't valuable or we're using it in an inappropriate way then we have to make the right decision so I encourage uh, institutions to look at their students our students are gritty they're resourceful they're wonderful human beings who persist through so much and it's easy to get behind them and say we're going to pull the chair from underneath this thing and we're going to go the right direction even if we have to figure it 
it out. So I, whenever you're putting those students first and if you're student centric, I think ultimately you're going to come to this crossroads and I know you can make the right decision. So I encourage my peers. I know many more will come, uh, but it's it's hard to change that narrative in this country. We're not afraid of that. We care about our students much more. And that's it for Reset. Hey, keep in touch with the show. You can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. We're at WBEZ Reset. And I'm at Jay White Pop Radio. Thanks for listening. I'm Jen White. Let's talk again soon. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts.